Four eyes and no sight. Poisonous bunchback toad. The soul of this man is his clothes. Beetle-headed, flap-eared knave. Anointed sovereign of sighs and groans. If you're hearing Shakespearean insults, it's time once again for strutting and fretting conversations with actors and performing artists from Houston and beyond. I'm your host, Timothy Eggert. Today, I'm talking with actors Kinsey Britton and Bill Schaefer about their roles in the smash musical Mamma Mia, a title which has a total of four M's and three A's. Fun fact. Interesting. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so for those listeners who uh, might not know about the show, set the scene for me. Uh, Who do you play and what is this musical about? You want me to go first? Okay. You're first. Um, So this musical is set on a Grecian island. Um... It follows the story of Sophie, who is trying to figure out who on earth her dad could be. Also, she's getting married, like, the very next day. This show all happens in two days. Does that ever blow anybody else's mind? Uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot in two days. <laughs> it's, it's a lot for two days. Your turn, go. My turn, go. <laughs> so, you, you are Sophie. I am Sophie. And I am one of the... Unknown dads. Dun, dun, so dun. Sam dun, dun, dun. Carmichael. Indeed. So yeah, it's very. Uh, it's interesting to see this whole dichotomy of mom never told me anything, but I'm gonna. But I'm gonna figure I'm it gonna out. I'm gonna be a sleuth <laughs> and figure it out. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. Can't stop me. Gonna find out, mom. <laughs> Have there been any challenges for you in realizing these characters? Um, for me personally, um, mostly it's just finding, um, like who, where Sophie and I connect. I've honestly didn't like the character before we started this show. Like I always found her to be really naive and kind of dumb and like a little too, I don't know, maybe even like a little too feminine and silly. So... I think the biggest struggle I've had is finding, like, where Sophie and I are the same Mm -hmm. and figuring out, like, what my Sophie would be. Yeah. So it's, like, a little different. So do you find that Kinsey identifies more with Donna? Uh, yeah. (laughs) Actually, yes. (laughs) If I'm being totally honest, totally. Okay. Um... But, yeah, I figure someday I'm going to come back to this show and I'm going to be Donna and not Sophie. right. Um... But yeah, I, her whole relationship with her mom, um, I'm really close to my mom, so I found the connect started there, and then from that point on, I was like, you know, I don't, my Sophie doesn't have to be any of these things that I've seen, like, my Sophie can just be as much me as I want, yeah. and is a lot more me than I was expecting, right. so, acting. I think, yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that, that connection with your mom, sure, is absolutely there, and I see that, mm-hmm. um, it, with your interactions uh, with you know, Carrie, who's playing Donna. I love uh, Carrie. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I actually cool. do. Yeah. Like, I really love Carrie. It's... She's, she's like, everyone's mom, though. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I found <laughs> <She> that. Definitely. <laughs> Having worked with her in shows before, I, I found that that's... So is she always like that? Yeah, pretty much. That's amazing. Yeah. No matter who she's playing. Pretty that's much, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, so Sam 
Uh, we're very similar in the fact that um, we're both divorcees. So I understand, especially the line that I deliver to Sophie when I say I still remember pleading with my wife because I've dealt with those emotions personally. And so even though knowing me, knowing you doesn't really fit in the show, it fits with me personally. Mm -hmm. So I feel like my ability to, to deliver that song has gotten better as yeah. I've started to connect more to the lyrics and like, it's more of a personal thing for me than even a Sam Carmichael thing Yeah. at this point. Um, but yeah, it's just been interesting. I just auditioning for the show, not even knowing if I wanted to audition initially. And then like finally like putting my hands to the script and like really like trying to dig in and figure it out. Um, we're very, we're very similar, mm -hmm. you know, not profession wise or anything like that. Just as human beings, like Sam and Bill are very, not Bill the character, Bill the person. Yeah. Which has been right. very confusing. Which has, <laughs> been very confusing. <laughs> has been very confusing. But no, he's very... Um, but you go, you've gone through a divorce. You have a yes. son of your own. Right. Yeah. So like the whole... I feel like Sam's a romantic. Absolutely. And he has romanticized a lot of this. And I'm very much that. Okay. Like I fall quick for, for uh, women. So it's... So I, I get that he's very romantic, and I'm very much that kind of guy, even though most people probably wouldn't see that in me. Mm. It's, it's always in my brain. I'm like, oh, is she flirting with me? Because that would be okay. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Who doesn't fall quick for women, though? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Surely um, there's someone out there. There, there must be someone They're out there. Wrong. <laughs> They're, They're totally they're, wrong. They're totally wrong. They're wrong, yes. <laughs> Um, okay, this is kind of weird, but it's sort of a um, Mamma Mia related question. Are either of you ABBA fans? Um, not in the aspect of, oh, I've got to listen to some ABBA, but in the aspect of when certain songs play, of course, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I know this song. This is a great song. Yeah. So I haven't been like the lifelong ABBA fan, hasn't always been in my wheelhouse, but I do definitely know a handful of songs and I'm like I can groove to this I'm down other than Dancing Queen there's not a single song <laughs> there's not a single song that I knew uh, before I saw the movie yeah. not even okay. saw the show right saw the movie sure so that's literally <laughs> the only know. one you had yeah wow. like there was a what is it Under Attack yeah and well, that the name of the game that one's were kind both of like I thought I when like, I listened Ooh. to Under Attack for the first time, I thought it was I thought it was like the only song that was written for Mamma Mia. I, I was it? I no, no, it was <laughs> it was an actual song. Um, actually, that's not true. I thought um, the one that I do, Our Last Summer, was also written for the show. And it wasn't. And it wasn't. Oh no, they're all they're all in Abba's back catalog, um, which is really weird because. Um, that whole embarrassing thing about, oh, you're really dull and your name's Harry and you're in, you're, you work at a bank and you're, and you're, um, you're a football fan. That whole, all of that is in the song. They're like the actual lyrics? Yes. That's amazing. It's crazy. So it's like, it's so specific. Song. It, it's almost like the entire musical springboarded from that one line or right. something it's just <laughs> kind of weird or at least that character yeah so it's just that's that's hysterical to me um 
Uh, well, with that being the case, are you fans of jukebox? Oh, I can't speak. Jukes. <laughs> jukebox. Musicals. Thank you. <laughs> um, there are a few that, of course, popular ones that are are really really good. Um, that the music is just great. Um, and fun to listen to. So, and then it's also like kind of like almost a blast from the past when they do mm-hmm. this kind of jukebox musical thing where you're like, oh, these are all the great songs from these artists that I really love to listen to. And they throw them all together into one musical. And you're like, this is just fun. I don't, the story may not be great or whatever, mm-hmm. but the music is just a blast to listen to. So, you know, there's so many other ones out there. Um, you know, American Idiot and Moulin Rouge are just two that, that, you know, are at the top of the list that everyone is like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about when you talk about stuff like that. So mm-hmm. they're fun because it's music that you know. Yeah. And you can kind of jam along to totally. while you're listening to it. And right. It's, it's totally fun. It's almost fun. like you, or your brain can take a back seat because your subconscious takes over. Well, um, and like, you can just enjoy it on that level. It's like a really great way to bring in people who don't like musicals too. Yeah. Because yeah. they'll be like, oh, these are all songs that I know and that I listen to and that I like. So I'll maybe be willing to go and see this show. Mm-hmm. And then like they can decide whether they love or like you bring in people who mm-hmm. never thought they would like theater and yeah. live performance through doing a jukebox musical with songs that they're already familiar with and love. Yeah. Are there elements of the show that um, I guess... The, the real question is, what made you want to audition? Um, I mean, are, are there certain aspects of this show in particular that screamed out to you, oh, I have to be in it, and, and brought you to, you know, to audition for it? Um, so for me, like coming to the, to the decision to audition um, had very little to do with the actual show itself. I was okay. kind of in, in, in an in-between moment. Um, so it was Amy. That's the reason I auditioned. Amy Barnes, our director. Yes, Amy Barnes. So, um, Amy and I were in Tuck Everlasting together. And during the rehearsal process, uh, our choreographer, Luke Hamilton, decided to use me as older Hugo. So I played Constable Joe Luke played Hugo, and then there was this scene at the end of the play where we kind of go through Winnie Foster's life, and he wanted me to dance with older Winnie as older Hugo. And so during that rehearsal process, um, just had a really good connection with Amy and Mm -hmm. dancing with her, even though they cut me out of it (laughs) for the actual show. (laughs) Which is crazy. I missed that part. Yeah. I was kind of scratching my head because I saw that. So the director actually decided Mm -hmm. I looked too much like Constable Joe and not enough like Hugo. Uh So he didn't like the fact that I was there because he thought the audience would be confused as to why is Constable Joe dancing with Winnie. (laughs) Um, so, um, So the director changed it, but those that week and a half of just dancing with Amy and like having conversations with her about what are we doing? Why are we doing this? What, what are the feelings behind this? Because in that moment is when Hugo dies. Yeah. And so, um, just having that moment with Amy and connecting with her, I had been on the fence. Do I audition for this? Do I audition for another show somewhere else? 
And just having that connection with her, yeah. I was, because I'd only ever done one show with Amy. Right. Um, and so I just fell in love with her and I was like, you know what? I, I'm just going to take a chance and I'm going to go and we'll see if she casts take me, she casts me. Take a chance, take a chance, take a chance, take a chance, chance. Yeah. I was you know, to go there. Yeah. No, totally. <laughs> I, I meant to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, it was so seriously, it wasn't yeah. the show itself uh, because, you know. And just as a side note, I, I've, I saw that production of Tech Everlasting at the Art Factory and, um, that last sequence, um, I mean the the rest of the show is great, um, and a lot of fun, and but that last sequence where we see um, the characters grow up and have families, and then have death in the families, and then have their descendants have their own families, and and all of that, um, watching that, I think it was like a five or seven minute sequence. Um, but just watching all of that, that progression of humanity through, through dance was like just really cool and, and very moving. And, um, I was really glad I got to witness that. So yeah, with Amy being involved in that, I could totally yeah. see why you would want to be involved in. Yeah. Even though it was just was during rehearsals. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it was an amazing connection <clears throat> that we had to have Yeah. in a quick moment. And so... No, it was just being opposite her. I was like, I, I have to audition for her. Mm -hmm. I, have to, I have to be involved in some way with her yeah. um, in her next production. You know, and also Jared's menacing and very big. <laughs> yes. Very scary. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Kinsey and I have known the Barneses, you know, Amy and Jared. Like forever. Forever. <laughs> uh, well, I mean. Not actually forever. Not for, for, for me, for the last seven years yeah um uh is that the same reason or was there something for else? me no um mama mia is on my bucket list okay so i've partially once again because of the movie so mm -hmm. me and my sister and my brother all were hopelessly in love with mama mia the film okay so like the idea of being able to be a part of the show at like any point in my life, I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, well, if the opportunity presents itself, then I'm going to do it. Oh, wow. So then Amy was directing. Yeah. And Amy basically, so we were coming off of Come Alive, which was mm -hmm. um, Haven Arts Theater's like dance review. Dance. Uh, it's a multimedia uh, dance something. I used to know the word. Uh, Which no, is yeah, way more descriptive than what I just said. Multimedia dance show. <laughs> it was very good. I saw it. Thank it you. Was fun. <laughs> but coming right off of that, she was already talking about Mamma Mia yeah. while we were doing Come Alive. Mm -hmm. And basically was like, so you're going to come audition, right? And I was like, I don't know, Amy. Like, I don't. I don't do a lot of, like, I, I can't really afford to do a lot of shows for free. And Conroe's really far. Yeah. But um, I went ahead and decided to audition, and I was like, okay, what are the roles that you can do right now at 26? I'm like, well, you could be cast as Sophie or one of the two friends. And I was like, okay, because this is going to be financially difficult for you, you're yeah. only going to take this show if you get cast as Sophie. And then okay. I got cast as Sophie, and I was like, oh, well, I guess I have to do it. Here we yeah. go. Here we go Sometimes again. Sometimes you have to do things just because you love them. Yeah, and totally. Even though it hurts you financially, which is... <laughs> A position I saw myself in earlier this year, so oh, right. I totally understand that. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. So I, so you're not an ABBA fan, but you're a fan of. I'm this a fan musical, of yes, I'm a fan sure. of this musical definitely. Okay. 
That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's legit. All right. And both of my siblings, like uh, Kiara, who lives in Florida, is yeah. already texting me like, okay, I'm going to figure out how to fly down so she that better. I can see you she better. <laughs> in the show. And I was like, okay, only if you can. Like, You tell her she better. <laughs> okay, well, I'll tell her you said that you better. Tell, give her the link cause... to this podcast <laughs> and tell her, you know, in about, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. <laughs> I said that. Okay. Kiara Burton, you better come and see the show. <laughs> But okay. speaking of financial burdens, I'm like, don't do anything that you can't afford. No, she's got to come. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. They all do. All right. Well, you said it, not me. That's fine. Um, what do you think the message of this show is, if any? <sighs> or what does it speak to you? Awkward silence. I was going to say. Awkward silence. I mean, I mean for me, it's, um, it's about um, women mm-hmm. and, and independence and... and um, I mean, the guys are there, but the guys are sort of incidental to yeah. the um, uh, Donna and Sophie relationship. And I mean, Donna at one point says that she doesn't need a man to come in and help her do what she needs to do because she already knows what she needs to do. And she has totally capable of doing it by herself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, it's, it's a, it's a big show about female empowerment. Um, but it, it, at the same time, it also helps to have friends to get you through those times that are difficult. I I mean, do you have other perspectives on that? Yeah, no, it's, that's really the gist of it. I mean, there's so many elements to this show though. Yeah. It's like compartmentalized. I really feel like. It just shows that you don't necessarily always have to do everything on your own. That's you, true, too. You can. You yeah. can make it because Donna has made it yeah. to this point without a lot of help. But she ha- also has had some really great friends mm-hmm. that have been support. They may not have been there the whole time, but they've really supported her um, throughout. And so seeing that and understanding that, yes, you're strong enough to do everything on your own, but you, Why? Why should you have to? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we're human beings and we, we all crave some sort of connection with someone. Yeah. And so having that connection that she has and then to watch the, the three dads show up and how they connect individually to Donna and mm-hmm. they make it work. And also throw um, her world upside down. And, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, well, we turn, we do. It her a lot of trouble. Temporarily. <laughs> we do, yeah. but then it all, like, settles mm-hmm. and turns into this beautiful, like, heartfelt, very romantic moment yeah. that, you know, that love is king. Okay. We can hate each other if we want to, but inevitably, love is going to win. And it does. Mm-hmm. And, and everything kind of works out. Um, I know that's not normal for life, but it's, it's nice to have that. It's nice for a jo- jukebox well, musical. Well, it's nice to have that moment to realize that it <laughs> well, could. There's a possibility. Yeah, life yeah, does work that. out. You just, it doesn't work out. So I think that the show is more about like breaking societal norms. Okay. Like it this does. idea right. that you don't have to have this perfect, you know, white picket fence life that right. you can. So like Sophie's part of the story has elements of like a coming of age story. Right. So like it's this whole, I have no idea who I am, but this thing, this societal norm, if I can figure it out, it will fix it. Right. Mm-hmm. But then surprise, no, it doesn't. 
and you have to just kind of make life whatever it is. What is that tombstone quote? There's no life, Wyatt. There's just there's no normal life, Wyatt. There's just life, and it's like it's got that whole element to it. Yeah. By the time you get to the end. Mm-hmm. It's like, whatever your life is, it's yours. Yeah. And it doesn't have to fit into this kind of cookie-cutter scenario. Right, because there's yeah. all, all different kinds of families. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, whether it's, you know, just uh, a mom and a dad and, you know, their kids and they're actually all stable. Or if it's its mom raising someone on their own. Or if it's totally something different. You know, mm-hmm. it's... it's there's a lot of different ways to make a family and you should live and let live and just, you know. And there's definitely the, the element of figuring out how to live in the moment. Yeah. Because mm. I feel yeah. like you realize that. Sophie does. Yeah. And I feel like Sam realizes that. Yeah. Too. So there's this, this moment at the end that they both kind of realize, I have to learn how to just live in this moment and, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. and just doing it, which is, I think, also a beautiful thing because that's the way we should live. Yay. Yay. Okay. End of, po- <laughs> end of podcast. <laughs> Show's over. Uh, no, not quite. Sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, darn. Do you guys have so any, close. Any, so any, close. any favorite moments from rehearsal so far? We're about two weeks from opening. So. Oh, man. I know exactly um, what my favorite moment in rehearsal <laughs> please, is. Good, good, no, yeah. It was, um, I mentioned it to you guys before, but obviously not on the podcast, but yeah. it was when I was in rehearsal with Carrie and we were blocking, slipping through my fingers. Mm-hmm. And it was the second or third time we'd gone through it. And she looked at me and she was like, are you going to cry every time? <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed. And I was like, well, yeah, probably. <laughs> and then she was like, okay, I'm just going to, you have a very beautiful forehead. I'm just gonna keep looking. I'm gonna keep looking at your forehead. We've moved past that. She's looking me in the eye now. But well, that's good. That's that's. Changed. So we're okay. we're we're good now. She's but growing. It, did, it made yeah. me laugh. Donna's growing. <laughs> you gonna cry every time? Well, I'm impressed that you will cry every time. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, I feel that's like good. it's it's I mean, important a lot of it for that is, scene. Sure. Yeah. And and sometimes it's hard to bring that on as an actor. Sometimes. Every every single time. Now yeah. that we've started working with the wedding dress, it's yeah. getting a little more difficult only because we're fighting with the dress. So okay. I'm having such a good time laughing and because we're fighting with the dress uh, that like by the time it's time to commit to like this really important vulnerable scene with sure. my mom, mm-hmm. I've had such a good time already right. that like... It's yeah. such a heavy mo- Act two is so heavy act, right there. Act two is really Because it's like heavy. that it's and that. then it's me and Donna yep. and she's like telling me all the things I did wrong. Yeah, exactly. And like I'm defeated. And so it's just very heavy. Well, and she comes right off of... Um, right off of... Uh, your scene yeah, yeah, with Donna, the, right? The, yeah, so it's which the, is it's actually the, like, kind three... of happy and reminiscent. And true, but yeah. it's still like, oh, this is, yeah. like you guys being it's, together it's and remembering, yeah. like <laughs> straight into that, right into slipping through my fingers. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then winter takes it all. And winter yeah. takes it wow. all. It's also yes, yeah, also heavy. Yeah, yeah. so um, huge emo- emotional roller coaster this show is. Right, yeah. especially act two is, for her. Act two is act like two, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, gosh, Act two is just it's a beast. Yeah, and it's so short, but it's yeah, like a yeah. lot. See, it's like it's one lot, right after another. Right. But yeah. For me, it's Act one. Yeah. Act one is like 
because it, it's where you know everything goes wrong like the whole right. beginning so like the whole beginning of act one is like woo here we go how fun is this all of these dumb things that I've come up with are, are working out and then it's like everything goes wrong right at the end of act one it's like yeah. no yeah. what am I gonna do <laughs> Oh gosh! I think my favorite part um, up to this point has been the silly moronic things that Tim Eggert does on the stage. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. I'm in trouble. I laugh so much. And dancing with you is my favorite thing. Watching Aww. Tim, just it really is. Be you make it so easy to be the lost, confused male on the stage <laughs> because I mean we're we don't even really know why we're there. Yeah initially mm -hmm. and like this whole like gimme gimme and voulez-vous yeah. that happens is just it's just fun mm -hmm. it's silly i love being on the stage with you and just like Aww. being being a dad with you and just like the nonsense that happens you crack crack me up oh is such that a great on recording That's, yeah, yeah so good luck living up to that yeah <laughs> uh, okay i don't know i'm just sucking up so i can get on another podcast <laughs> <laughs> okay and with that <laughs> with that it sounds like it's time for the fretworthy five fret right 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 worthy five no oh no <laughs> unless you want to continue is there something else you needed to say no, about no i just Mama don't want to get Tears. to random questions oh, it's, it'll be fine. oh so rapid scared. fire rapid it'll be fine fire. it'll oh, be no. fine here we go just here make we go. something up it's I was okay say, i'm gonna All take right. another drink hold on here we go um and you don't have to answer at the same time we just do back and forth like we can you're gonna have you, to go first everybody. ladies first ladies <laughs> first oh yes kinsey you can say pass okay. if you need to remember this okay what thing in nature do you find the most beautiful Oh, actually, I can answer this first. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, please hey, do. So what I up? Uh, I love the ocean. Um, the okay. beach is my favorite place to be at all times. Well, that's good to know because I've been on the beach yeah, with you. Totally. Cool. It's like I'm always perfectly at ease. Like if I could live on a beach, I would do it. I would do it. That's nice. The ocean is is turbulent and beautiful and chaotic, but fascinating. It's my favorite thing. I um, thought I was going to be a marine biologist when I was young. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. The ocean's my favorite place. Nice. So, nature. so what changed your mind? About, about... being a marine biologist? Yeah. Uh, I had a really terrible experience in a science class around middle school. And, but it was also when um, I was first introduced to the concept of theater. Okay. I, had been, um, I had been acting since I was young, but it was all film and television related. Okay. Um, so around sixth grade is when someone was like, hey, stage is a thing. And I was like, what? That's weird. Okay. <laughs> and I didn't actually delve into theater until I was in high school. Yeah. So, but yeah, that took me off of... I was like, I can't be a scientist. I'm not smart enough. And then, I don't think um, that's correct, but go on. Oh, I'm fine. I just had a terrible science experience. Mm. And then it was like, theater could be a thing. And I yeah. was like, well, cool. I sing already. So, and acting, I can sort of do. What's, what's different about this? And then high school was where I discovered how different it actually is. Yeah. So, I hated it at first. I hated the stage. I was like, I never want to do a stage production ever. I want to go back to being in film. It's so much easier to be in film. And then, like, mm. over the four years, my experience at PVA, like, totally changed my mind. I think oh, okay. I'm way more comfortable on the stage now than I ever was in front of a camera. 
Okay. Yeah. That's cool. It's totally off the subject of nature, but no, 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 it's fine. Welcome to the way my brain works. No, you know, if 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 the random questions, if the random questions lead to interesting stories, I'm cool with that. What if they're not interesting, Tim? (laughs) Then we go to the next question quickly. (laughs) Bill, nature question. Okay, um, so I'm kind of the complete opposite of Kinsey. So (laughs) wilderness and mountains. Like, okay. the mountains oh, no. to me are the be-all, end-all. Um, it's a dream of mine to hike the Appalachian Trail. Oh, cool. So 2,200 miles in the wilderness would be a dream to wow. me. Um, little fun fact, I'm an Eagle Scout, so I just love being, like, camping. I like being outside, fishing, all of those things. Just, like, being away and, like, connecting with nature and, like, surviving on your own, like doing your thing. That, that to me makes, is what life is about, yeah. right? And so the mountains are just so majestic to me. So anyway. That's, that's cool. Uh, what's the best job you've ever had? Wow. Uh, best job I've ever had. This one? Being an actor? <laughs> being, being interviewed being on podcasts. Oh, yeah, being, being on a podcast. Oh, interviewing is being, your best job. No, uh, my best job is being a singer. Yeah. Um, yeah, being able to, to go out to, you know, like a bar or a club or a party mm. and just like sing whatever they want to watch people dance and have a good time. Yeah. It's my favorite thing. How often are you doing that? Um, right now, not as much because we're going into the festival season and we're going into Mamma Mia and all of that. But like, um, I think my next gig is at, uh, Mahoney's, the Texas bar and grill on the 27th from seven to 10. If anyone wants to come, this is my shameless plug. (laughs) That's fine. That's that's part of what this is for. So it's okay. Um, that's cool. But like, um, when, in the off season though, in the off season, um, if, (laughs) When things are going really well, I have at least a gig a week. Um, okay. If they're going really well, I have multiple a week. Yeah. Um, it just kind of depends. It's not the kind of job that has any kind of consistency sure. at all. And when you have some kind of consistency, it can go at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Like we had, we had a gig at a place like twice a month, mm-hmm. every month. For nearly a year and a half, maybe. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they were like, "Oh, sorry." Yep. Uh, we'll we'll let you know when we can when we can have you again. They were doing some construction and some renovating, so that was uh, part of it. Okay. But still, it was just like surprise, and then we were all scrambling, going, "Ah, what do we do? Put something else in these days. Call yeah, people. Right. Call them." Yeah. But That's still, true. like, it's worth it. Like, the struggle is worth it to be on stage and to be singing for people. That's and cool. have them have a good time. It's great. That's cool. I'm so happy for you. Thank actually, you. Actually, in that respect, that's 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 amazing that you can do that. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> Yay! Yay! All right, your turn. My turn. Um, performing is my favorite thing. Um, luckily, um, I've had moments where I've got paid well enough to survive just performing. Um, Little little fun fact about Bill. I worked for Walt Disney Entertainment for 15 years. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. And so um, did everything in the parks at Walt Disney World, um, trained new entertainers. Um, I had a blast doing that. 
Um, so you're talking about the cast specifically for so, the cast of characters specifically for the parks? Yes, for the parks. Okay. So when they would hire in new people, I would train them. I did, gosh, I don't know, 35 to 40 different characters in my time there. Wow. Drove all the parade floats, night and daytime. So just anything and everything that has to do with entertainment um, at Walt Disney World, which was a, was a blast. It was so much fun working there. Um, I don't think they pay well enough no. to make that sustainable, but because you have to work a lot of overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the overtime's readily available. The job is not that hard, and you're performing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're truly a performer at heart, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so all performing has always been, gosh, always is the wrong word. For the last 21 years, 22, 23 years, has been the only thing that I want to do. Hasn't yeah. always been the thing that I always do, yeah. but has been there and like the only thing. So just being in front of people and putting a smile on their face, that is, that's all I want to do. I would, I'd do it for free a lot. So I would do it for free, mm-hmm. right? So if I can start getting paid for it, no, anybody, anybody hiring. do it for free. I know. Stop. Well, <laughs> they do. They do. There are places that will yeah. pay. I just got to well, yeah, kick we should, in that door. No, we've got to convince everyone that they should pay. Yes, Like, this they is should. still a profession. This is it is. Yeah. It takes it's a lot hard. of time and effort. It takes it's a lot so of time hard. and effort. Yes. And I could actually spend more time doing it if I was actually paid to do that. Totally. Right. And, and could, like, actually make my craft better if that was really all I was concentrating on instead of my survival yeah. job. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. yeah. So favorite job and dream job yeah. is to be a performer, an actor, singer, dancer, you know, in, in plays and musicals. That's sweet. That's cool. What's your favorite smell? What? What's your favorite <laughs> scent? Smell? You're going to have to take this one first. I know I took the last two because I was like, oh, I have an answer for this. I have but... so many inappropriate things in my head. Okay. <laughs> Good. We can, we well, hold on. We can mark this as explicit if I need to. <laughs> oh, it's not explicit. It's just more gross than anything. Okay. Oh, really? Oh, this is well, so now gross. I have to know. Yeah, and so does the rest of the world. You know, so like, uh, okay, so Bill's not afraid to talk about anything. So, okay. you know, you invite people to come look at a turd in a toilet. <laughs> you got to come see this thing. <laughs> It's like a baby's arm. <laughs> but it also smells like it's dead. <laughs> why, why do people have this proclivity oh, to like smell like, like why do people take their socks off and smell them? Uh, and then hand them to someone else and go smell like you Like you've got to smell or like, hey, you've got to go in the bathroom and smell this. Or like this so tastes like, terrible. Try it. Like <laughs> if I pass gas, I'm going to be like, okay, hang on. Oh, it doesn't have a smell. Or, oh my God, that's so gross. Somebody else has to smell this. That's not my favorite smell, but that's the most fun. Um, I can't say her name live on a podcast. That's my favorite smell. Oh. Oh. Ooh. (laughs) I mean, we're not live, but you know, recorded on a podcast. I'm not gonna. You could edit that, but I'm not gonna. There's no qualifying questions I'm gonna give you for that. The, the we soft, can talk about that after the I soft hit stop. the soft spot of a female's neck always smells really nice. 
in the heat of the moment. Okay, I will agree with that. Sure. Um, but really? I don't know if I'll agree with the rest of what you said. Well, Always? you know, farts smell great. Well, in my experience, I haven't spent a lot of you know, time. She smelling... could have just done CrossFit, and I'll think, gosh, she smells good. You know, there's apparently science about that. There's yeah, yeah. your pheromones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't go randomly smelling people's necks. You or... don't? Why not? It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can show me how. Oh, I can't wait till rehearsal Monday. <laughs> oh, I had. Uh... I remember when we were doing Chicago, I yeah. had uh, I had a reputation. They were like, Kinsey will lick you at some point. That means I that remember been, hearing yep. about this. Why yes. has this not happened during well, Mama Mia? Well, that's the thing is that I've discovered that I'm actually like an HR nightmare. So like I should stop doing these kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, now whenever I'm in backstage and I'm slapping butts and licking people, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I have really poor compulsion control. I'm <laughs> I apologize. I've never yeah, once complained really to HR. To so, yeah. so feel free to slap feel, and lick all you I want. Feel <laughs> I feel left out. I really I know. Left out? How have I not licked you, Tim? We've known each other for so long. I, you probably have. And I, I just, think I Well, have. I haven't been slapped remember. or licked, and I you feel like haven't. I'm not a true friend we'll, anymore. No, we'll okay. get there. It's just, it just it takes I had to time. ask for the itchy pop thing to happen. Okay, I'm sorry that about weird. that. I'm... That's my fault. It feels weird. <laughs> no, um, I mean, that was that's a whole separate thing. Yeah, that's we'll a talk about that after thing. the Okay. Sure. If people want to know about itchy pop, they can write in. Yeah, because she's, uh, as of this year, she she no longer exists. She exists only in my head. Right. Unless I'm miserably sad at the end of this season, and then maybe I'll try it again. Aww. We'll see. No, okay. I'm pretty sure I'm going to love it. Did anyway. we get a favorite smell out of you? Oh, we did not. <laughs> Let, let's squeeze we it got, and find out what it is. We got, uh, we got the fact that I lick people out of me, but that's... Um, that's how I claim people as mine. Um, <laughs> if I lick it, it's mine. That's your tribe. Yeah. Uh, I remember I've licked both of the Baldwins for the record. Oh, both awesome. Jeff yeah. and Brandy. Yes. I got them during Midsummer. Very lickable. Uh, yes, those yeah. two. indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Quite lickable, in fact. <laughs> right, favorite smell. I don't know, because he started talking about turds and toilets, and so then I yeah. couldn't think about anything Sorry. else. I feel like that's something that really only happens to Bill. I, oh. you know, I, I, mm, I don't know. I don't know. There's some, there's some pretty okay. gross males out there that'd be like, I like the smell of my farts. Everybody likes their own brand. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what is my favorite smell? Oh, something that brings you. Oh, to oh, a you know what? I do okay. know what my favorite right. smell is. It's kind of weird. So it's a um. Perfect. Huh? Perfect. Oh, it's not that weird. It's Calm down. Of, oh, it's not as weird as yours. <laughs> it's nowhere near as weird as yours, uh, but I have a um, an oil perfume, uh -huh. a protective oil yeah. um, that my other mother, who's my best friend's mom, okay. uh, bought me when I went off to college. And I have no idea what was in this little rolly bottle, but it was the, it smells like October. Like it smells like fall okay. and magic and wonderful things, and that's that's my favorite smell. I don't, I couldn't tell you what was in it. Like I know that there was a leaf in it, because okay. I could see it, but I didn't know what kind of leaf it was. Mm. And like so, all I can tell you is it's the smell of October and magic uh, and wonderfulness. But it's my favorite best. smell. I, I can understand that. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you mean by protective smell. Oh, okay. So um, it's an essential oil blend, mm. but it's specifically blended and used with the intention that when you wear it, you can. It's for protection. 
So it would be like someone wearing a cross or okay. the same as, um, oh, I, I don't know, uh, like if someone slept with a dream catcher over their bed or it's just, it's that kind of a thing. Okay. So it's a protective oil. Okay. That's cool. Because I was moving to New York when I went to college. So, you know, oh, yeah. people gave me all kinds of stuff. <laughs> they were like, be careful. And I was I, like, okay. I, I had a friend who moved to New York and I gave him a flashlight because it was like literally right after like the, there was like this huge blackout mm. in, oh, I can't remember what year that was. I want to say it was probably like 2002, something like that. But there was this huge blackout in New York. And as a joke, mm -hmm. I gave him a flashlight. A flashlight? Yeah. Someone gave me a flashlight too, so it's you're not alone. Okay, fair enough. One of the shakeable ones, so I didn't need to make sure it had batteries in it. So I could just shake it and turn it on. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Have you ever had a celebrity crush? Define celebrity, please. Um, like what it means to you. Would it be a household name or at least um, someone who has done something notable enough that more than just you would know about this person. So we're talking about real people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let me let me backpedal my she brain. She has so many celebrity crushes. No, for me it's has... <laughs> No, for me it's fictional crushes. I have lots of fictional crushes. You know, I can I can we can hear about those too. That's okay. fine. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. That's fine. Let's fun. go with that. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't have fictional crushes? I'm a huge nerd. I read like a book a week. Um, That's cool. So I've, well, and even, not even books necessarily sometimes, like I have a pretty distinct memory of, um, watching Pocahontas and being in love with, uh, John Smith. So okay. like stuff like that. That's cool. Celebrities though, if we're talking about real people, uh, <laughs> do we need to come back to this? Come back. You? Yeah. Come back oh, to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> Your turn. My, my turn. Bill's trying to pull up Google on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ooh, that's a great idea. So, that's <laughs> <laughs> um, what IMDb is for, isn't it? Totally. So, I have a ton of Broadway crushes. Okay. That I just like drool over, just be not only because they're beautiful people, mm -hmm. but their their talent is just so inspiring. And their story is ridiculous. Okay. So, like, Sutton Foster. Okay. Mm. Every day, Sutton Foster. And we're very close in age. Too bad she's married. Um, <laughs> Laura Osnes is amazing and beautiful. Mm. Um, Jesse Mueller, who originated the role of, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking, The Waitress. The lead character in The Waitress. Oh, Waitress the Musical? Yeah. yeah. Um, she also did Beautiful as Carol King on Broadway. She originated mm. that role. Anyway, just like blown away by talent, blown away by how beautiful they are to look at, blown away about how beautiful they are as human beings. That's cool. Um, and then, you know, like Nicole Kidman. There's nothing wrong with her. <laughs> I wouldn't kick her out of the bed ever. Oh, wow. um, and then I like I like to tell. I mean, who would? I, I would neither. I like to tell my <laughs> I like to tell my students if I were gay, I'd be all about Jeremy Jordan. Hey. I would be. Dude can sing. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Anything. He originated the role of Jack Kelly in Newsies. Okay. He also originated the role of um, Clyde and Bonnie and Clyde on mm. Broadway. Um, extremely talented. Okay. Um, you know, so I guess that's my. 
It's funny that you said... My boy crush, yeah, if you will. Yeah, you should say Newsies and um, Bonnie and Clyde. I feel like this has come up before in this podcast. I'll have to like go back a couple episodes. But yeah, so yeah, I, there's a few. There's there's some others. Um, I get sucked in by their talent. Mm. And then I research them a little and I watch videos about them and interviews with them. And most of the time they end up being fairly amazing people Mm -hmm. that have worked their tails off and got lucky with a break, you know, and to hear them be humble enough to say that, um, just makes them more attractive to me in my eyes. So yeah. So, but yeah, Sutton Foster, if you ever get a divorce, call me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm there girl. I will rub your feet, whatever your back. I don't care. (laughs) And you can sing to me. Okay. Kids here, we're going with John Smith. Okay, now here's what's up. So I'm about to throw some pretty like all over the place things for you. Oh, yay. Okay, Okay, so this first one, the first thing that I thought of actually outside of John Smith Mm. was, um, so (laughs) this is going to be weirder than John Smith. So Lion King 2. Okay. Kovu was probably my first ever crush. And what's funny about this, so the voice actor for... Uh, Kovu in that movie is um, Jason Marsden. Now, what I've discovered over time mm. is that every time I hear his voice yeah. in something else, I'm in love with that character. Oh, okay. So what's fun is, so for example, he played Haku in Spirited Away, and I remember oh, watching wow. that yeah, movie okay. and being like, you know, I really love this character, and I recognize his voice, and I went and looked it up, and I was like, oh my gosh, of course, it's because I've been in love with this voice actor since I was, you know... Like a child. Sure. So yeah, every time everything that he pops up in, I recognize the voice and I'm like, I really like this character. I wonder why. <laughs> and I'll go back and I'll find the movie in his IMDB and I'm like, Well, there you go. Yeah. So there's That's that. Cool. Um uh let's see, let's go totally sideways from that. Uh Bernadette Peters. Uh-huh. I'm in love sure. with Bernadette okay. Peters. Yeah, she's amazing. The thing is is that like celebrity crush, but also I want to be her. Yeah. Desperately. Right. Fair enough. Um with her would be great too, but like, <laughs> be her, please. Thank you. Yeah, that's cool. Um, let's see. I had more. I was thinking the whole time you were talking. And I, then... would, I tried to talk longer, but it didn't oh. happen. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> you talked plenty I, long. I got nervous because I forgot then I names. Started, then I started talking about voice actors that I'm in mm, love with and got distracted. Yeah, yeah. Um, ma, ma, ma. Um, Johnny Depp. Okay. But like, who isn't in love with Johnny Depp? I feel like that's kind of cliche. I, mean, I think he's amazing. Yes, I don't know. And sure. incredibly attractive. And the fact that he can be so many different yeah. and like just uh, and be so yes. convincing he's with so everything good. that he does. Yeah, I love him. He has a sick amount of talent for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was scary to play Jack Sparrow at Disney. Oh, I bet. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. I loved it so much though. Yeah. At the same time. Totally. So yes. I oh, had yeah, others, but I think I think that's good. I have so many more probably. You can but... tell me privately if you want. Oh no, it's not like that. <laughs> I just, I'm trying to think of, it's, I'm not great at thinking on the spot for this kind of thing. I'm like, oh, celebrities. You've been doing fantastic so far. So, that's cool. Yeah. Celebrities there, I'm in love with. So I, I don't know, there's, there's a There's lot. too many. We can't Oh my say. God. Um, hold on. Uh, I'm going to just double check my Googler. I'm really bad at celebrity names. Same. That's okay. So, like, probably. that's, that's really where, okay. It's probably for the best if you're bad at celebrity I names. am. I'm bad at celebrity names. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. I love uh, her. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. J-Law. 
Anything she wanted to do, I would do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's legit. She's yeah. good, too. I love her so much. Yeah. I don't even just mean as an actress. I mean, she's, I think she's beautiful. She's such a goofy she person, is, yeah. too. She is! Love her and how, like, she is starstruck by stars, and she's a star. Yeah. For sure. So amazing that it's she's just, like... the same way with Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. He's, like... <laughs> totally. He's, like, totally into, like, all these other... He's a fanboy oh, of all these oh, other, other, um, other things, and he's, like, one of those things. He is, yeah, he is one of those things. There's one more. Hold yeah, on. Okay. I'm doing my Google Chris thing. Pratt. Keep talking. Chris Pratt? I do love Chris Pratt, yeah. but I'm dating, like, not Chris, like, the off-brand Chris Pratt right now. <laughs> you kind of are. I am. Like, <laughs> it is, is, he the, is he the great value Chris Pratt? Yeah, exactly. He is. He's the great value Chris Pratt. Oh, I I think it was when did I finally I'm come to that discovery? Aaron Chris, when I you see should him. Oh, okay. no call him Star Lord because that's that's what it is. Oh, it was when we first so went to go ego see element. Of yeah, this. Okay. it's when we first went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I see. That's you. Okay, and then um, hold on. This hasn't this the googling though okay she's taking time so Kara Lindsay yeah, was uh is a broadway star uh-huh. um of course um she originated uh the female character in newsies i'm blanking on the character's name mm-hmm. on the top of my head uh Catherine. um she of course i don't know it should anyone with like uber talented yeah very humble mm-hmm. and you know gorgeous doesn't hurt Right. Yeah. So I'm just like, like drooling and like, yeah. And my, I show these things to my students at school. And yeah. Like, they're like, you're such a weirdo, Mr. Schaefer. <laughs> as just, long as you don't talk to them about. Well, hey, I'm just like, you need to go into well, this bathroom like, and smell this thing. Ooh, that's right. Gross. Please come no, smell no, no, this no, no, turd. No, no, no. <laughs> no, that, that's that's just for me. Something uh, inside yeah. me died. Do you want to see? I have told them if I were gay, I would be chasing after Jeremy Jordan. Though. Hey. I have told them that. <laughs> oh, good lord. Okay, this is my last one. Right, okay, that's cool. Uh, only because like she's probably the most relevant I can think of right yeah, now. Sure. Zendaya. Oh, I yeah, 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 yeah. love her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. The only thing She's I'm... kind of the it thing right now too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think I've only seen her in the Greatest uh, Showman. You four? Is it? What's the name of the what new else show? Has she been in. She's in Euphoria. Okay. Yeah, she's, then, like, um, she's the main character in that. Yeah. Was she married? Is she in the Spider-Man? Movie? I was gonna say she's yes. Mary Jane in Spider-Man. Yes. Okay, so that's, that's the where thing. Else I've seen her. Like okay. I can't. I'm a huge comic book nerd, sure. and I've never liked Mary Jane as a character. Okay. But Zendaya's Mary Jane makes me want to like. Mm. Like I love her, Mary Jane. Yeah. Okay. And she's so cute mm. and adorable. Yeah. Yeah. It's not pretentious, her Mary mm. Jane. It's very. Just, it's just it's she's natural. just such a real like yes. she's such a real full three-dimensional girl human, which is so hard when you're dealing with a kid, well, I think, when you're dealing with a character like Mary Jane, who was, like, designed and built to just kind of be, like... Spider-Man's companion. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's... Now, there have been comics and video games and things that have given her depth, but I think that, like, Zendaya's portrayal of her has been the most real thing I've ever seen. That's cool. I love her. That's that's awesome. We still have a question left. Oh. I haven't skipped any though. I've done so well. You have. And you were so scared of this thing. I was. You were I'm fantastic. Ter- I'm terrified of random questions. This so skipper. this is the one. This, this is, is where I'm going to be like, no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, 
ask a sketchy question, no, please. No, I'm not going to ask that. Are you sure? No, go just ahead. Just do it. Go no, just do it. do it. No. Do I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to skip to the other ones. And if you say Oh, because it's more then, exciting? <laughs> yeah, because the other ones might be more exciting. Okay. Um, you never know. Do you believe in the supernatural? Oh, yeah. This is a great question oh, wow, for me, yeah. personally. Okay. Go for it. You want me yeah, to go? You go. Okay, you go. I'll just keep talking. Is That's the problem. So, go as um, long as you want. I, like, 100% yes. Um, I never make claims to, like, say that I know what I'm dealing with whenever I'm, like, experiencing or researching or doing whatever involving the supernatural. But I've had enough personal experiences to where I think it would be naive to say that we know for sure that the supernatural isn't a thing. Yeah. Um, I know that there are lots of things. So what I always like to tell people is that like magic is just science that we don't understand yet. Mm -hmm. So I like to think that anything supernatural is just something we haven't quite figured out or we don't know how to tap into to figure out. Yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah. But you say you've had personal experiences. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that when I was in college, I lived in the most haunted place I've ever lived in in my life, which is saying something because like I've. Well, for it's saying something for me. I've always lived in places that weren't quite normal as far as, like, I don't know. If we're talking about specifically, like, ghosty type things, yeah. um, I feel like my family has um, kind of a natural affinity for that kind of stuff. So, okay. like, I'm going to go buy this house. Surprise, it's haunted. No, it's not a surprise. They're all haunted. <laughs> all of the ones that... Not all of them are haunted, but all the ones that we pick are. Yeah, it just yeah. is the way it is. But when yeah. I... My dorm room in uh, in New York mm-hmm. was in a hotel that had been built in, like, the 20s and had burned down twice. Oh, wow. Okay. So... Presumably with people in it. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Well, and, like, the floor I lived on... The weird part was is that the fire started on the floor I lived on yeah. and had burned that floor twice. Hadn't burned the whole building, but that floor had caught fire and burned completely twice. Wow. Okay. It was very strange. Yeah. Um, a lot of weird stuff happened. Like, I don't have time to tell you all of the stories of things that happened. I do want to hear them. But, okay. But, but, um, no. I'll give you my favorite because it was kind of funny. Okay. Um, I, well, it was funny to us. So a friend of mine who became my roommate after we left, um, Mm -hmm. so we were close. We were in her dorm room and I don't, I don't remember exactly. This was late in the year. So I was already used to weird stuff happening, but she had an electric kettle, an electric tea kettle Mm -hmm. that was unplugged that while we were sitting there talking, started to turn itself on. So we decided because we're dumb to play a game of, okay, um, if something is in here with us, we'll use the tea kettle as like a yes or no, kind of like a, uh, yeah. a blink, you know, blink once for yes, blink sure. twice for no. Like so of... we spent probably an hour and a half asking questions of a tea kettle as far as like whether or not it was. And so it was like, to, you'll turn it on for yes, you'll turn it on, off and then back on for no, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, so we did that for like an hour and a half. Wow. Having a great time being silly. Um, and then it just all stopped really abruptly, which had happened before, but not like in a good way, if that makes sense. It's like, it all just disappeared. And I being the rational one was like, oh, well, okay. If you think about, if you think that spirits are composed of like some kind of an energy, right. Then probably it takes a lot of energy to turn on and off an electric tea kettle. I'm like, for an hour and a half. Yeah. For an hour and a half. I'm like, well, then it's probably, it's probably done. Like, we're good. And then my friend, like a dummy, 
um, goes, well, if it needs energy, it can use mine. And I was like, yeah, that inhale that you just did, I went, you know, you should probably take that back. By that point, it was too, too late. late. So um, I personally don't think it was what we were talking to that, like, so what happened afterwards, oh, she creepy. got, yeah. it was, no, okay. it was very terrifying. It's yeah. funny because of the tea kettle. Sure. Um, but she got really irritable. Yeah. Um, she, we kept talking, but like, she didn't want, I kept suggesting that we go somewhere else and she didn't want to leave. Yeah. And she was very insistent that she didn't want to leave the room and that if I made her, she was going to be upset with me. And so what happened is, is that I forcibly took her out of the room and yeah. we ran upstairs into my apartment, which I have warded at that point had warded particularly so that only things that didn't intend any kind of harm weren't allowed in so I brought us there and by that point like by the time we got to my apartment she was crying and like she was like it was she's like it followed us up here and I was like I know but it can't get in here so we had this theory for this apartment um, for this complex that there were a lot of like various spirits around Mm -hmm. but that there was one thing in particular that we called the big fish so um, what happened is, is that whenever the big fish was around, everything else scattered. So you would hear, you would ha- go from having like all kinds of stuff happening to just nothing, but in yeah. like an eerie sort of a way. Yeah. So there's no telling what that was. But um, so now I tell everyone that my friend was possessed by a tea kettle. And that's the fun <laughs> part. That's where the story gets fun in hindsight. I'm like, yeah, I have a friend that was possessed by a tea kettle. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Bill? I should have answered first. I'm very boring. (laughs) I don't have any cool stories like that. It's okay. If you want, I can Um, follow with one. Well, it's not that I I don't believe, but I just have never experienced necessarily anything. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, my ex-wife, my son's mother, um, she used to run like a a ghost tour thing in Memphis because Memphis is apparently extremely... Haunted I wouldn't be a lot of it. So she's done a lot of these ghost tours. She's been on some of those ghost hunting television shows. Yeah. Um, before, um, she has experienced that kind of stuff. But I personally have never really had any kind of encounter or whatnot with that kind of thing. Not that I don't believe. Yeah. Um, maybe believe in a different format than yeah. others. Yeah. Right. Because we all have our perspectives, but and none of us actually know. Right. Yeah. Of course, it's right. because it's like another world, yeah. and we can't see or, or deal with. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun. Or dimension. But yeah, so there is that. I'm just mm. a boring answer. Sorry. No, it's fine. No, that's great. <laughs> well, since you told a story, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell one. Go ahead. About the uh, theater that we were working in. Oh, oh yes. all theaters are haunted. Well, we yes. all know that. This is true. So um, <clears throat> this was God. I don't know, six seven years ago, and um, I was in a show called The Matchmaker at the time. This is basically the play, straight play version of um, Hello, Dolly. Um, And Anjali was in Greece. And Greece was running at the time. I was rehearsing for this other thing, which was going to be the next show. And um, Anjali texted me and said, hey, I need you because we're a community theater and we build everything ourselves and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, she basically texted me and said, Hey, I need you to bring home butcher paper and like those big oil marker things, like those paint marker things <laughs> mm-hmm. to make, um, 
to make the welcome back Rydell High banners that they all go through at the beginning of the show. They just sort of go through the door and rip through them. And um, I was like, okay, sure. I'll, you know, I'll just do that after rehearsal. And so rehearsal ends and um, our director is like, everything's locked up. All you have to do is shut the door behind you. And I don't think we had an alarm system at that time, but um, you just do what you got to do and, and, you know, be sure that the door is latched when you're, when you're gone. I'm like, okay. So I look through like the shop and nothing's in there. I look through like the, the dressing rooms and the set and everything. It's like, I can't find this butcher paper and these things that she needs. I'm like, I just text her back. I don't know what to do. I'm, I've, I've looked for a good 15 minutes for these things. I can't find them. I'm sorry. I'm just going to come home. And she's like, okay, fine, whatever. And so, you know, I turn off the lights for the shop and the dressing rooms. And like, I go to this board, which is on, um, backstage stage, right. You know, the big board with that controls all the lights and stuff like that. And, you know, I turn those off and instead of like the, and instead of the stage lights, which is what I thought I turned off, I turned off everything. I turned off like the stage, the house lights, everything is in darkness. And like, I kept, I take a few steps before I realize I've done this. <laughs> and the smart thing to do would be obviously to turn around and put the freaking house lights back on. Right. But no, I don't, but do, you know, the but way I don't do that. I've been in a few shows in this. (laughs) I've been in a few. Exactly, I've been in a few shows up till now. I know my way around this theater. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And then I take another few steps, and I I I bash my um uh my shins into like the metal um picnic bench thing that's part of their Rydell high set. You know, it's (laughs) it's like part of their courtyard or whatever, where they go to eat lunch, and it's like ah this how this this hurts and. Um, immediately thereafter, I feel this sharp exhale on the back of my neck that makes all my hair stand up on end. And I mean, I can hear this. I can feel this. I can't, I mean, I mean, at that point I know what the, the sound of the air handler kicking on sounds like. Yeah. I know, I know the sounds of the machinery in this theater, there's nobody else in this theater. It's just me by myself in the dark. And this feels like a human being behind me. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't explain that. I, I don't, I don't know what it is. It supernatural, whatever. I, I, I don't, I make no claims as to what it was, yeah. but I can't explain it. And, um, at that point I basically sit on the floor of the stage and scoot my way off the apron and just kind of <laughs> walk out up the aisle and, and just exit. I but, was going to ask, but like, to this did day, you run? to this, I didn't run. I walked very, did you turn around and swing? I did not. <laughs> I did not question but I it. Done. I did not question <laughs> it. Like, <gasps> I did not speak to it. Although occasionally when I'm in the theater by myself, I will just say hello. Hmm. Um, but yeah, to this day, I have no idea who or what that was. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel malevolent. Um, and you know, occasionally when you're in the lobby bathrooms, you know, they've got like those sensor things that'll flush the toilets by themselves and they'll go, they'll go off by themselves. Or like for the lights too. They'll go off by themselves all the time. 
in that theater mm-hmm. for no reason. And I don't know. I like to play in the bathroom for some reason. Well, <laughs> I mean, once yeah. again, every theater is haunted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just depends on to what degree. Yeah. So, I think I, I think a lot of it too is is like so much emotion is just sort of left on that stage for sure. And I I have the I just have this sort of weird belief that objects can can absorb that energy. No, yeah. So, you know, I don't know if it's even anything that's dead or passed on right I mean, it could be it could just be leftover energy something from, from, yeah so anyway but that's my ghost story and that was all five questions so we have what? we have gone made through it, we made through I did it. we made through the fretworthy five and this is probably oh the longest um first act of this show that we've ever been through oh really yeah it's like i talk too much we're we're almost <laughs> at an hour so that's wow. cool hey. yeah professional talkers hurrah <gasps> so that's anyway. why you picked us wasn't it yeah you just know exactly we talk. why yes. <laughs> they won't shut up <laughs> <laughs> anyway we're going to pause for a bit after the break we'll talk to bill and kinsey about their actor experiences as well as bits of life the universe and everything you're listening to starting strutting and fretting which I can't say now. <laughs> and we'll be right back. How did this happen? You have to believe me, Beast would never do anything to endanger Fable Town. I think this situation requires certain skill sets, Miss White. I guess it takes a wolf to track a wolf. We may have a problem. Protecting Fable Town was my job. I failed them. There are things that happened in the homelands, things that nobody knows about. Whatever's happened is bad, but right now, Fabletown could use a little bad of their own. Welcome to Fabletown. For more information, go to fabletownseries.com. Welcome back to Strutting and Fretting. I am talking with actors Bill Schaefer and Kinsey Britton from Mamma Mia. Hey. Hey. So, uh, why theater and how did you start? Me and you. This you is, first. Me first. This okay. is the origin story part of the show. Okay, so why theater mm-hmm. and why did, and how did I get started? Yeah, yeah. Um, so contrary to popular popular belief, um, like I tell my students at school, I have never taken a theater class in my life. What? Wow. Um, okay. I didn't take theater in junior high, high school, or college. So I won't ask you about training. Um, so <laughs> uh, I met my friend Mike junior year in algebra class and he was like why are you playing sports you should quit playing sports and join the choir and so my senior year I joined the choir um, and ended up being good enough at singing to get a full scholarship for vocal performance to a small junior college in northeast Texas while I was there everyone was auditioning for the musical in the fall and I'm like oh musical means sing let me go audition and had the most fun I think I've ever had playing Arab in West Side Story. First theater experience, first musical experience. Um, another fun fact, I've never been in a straight play. I've only ever done musicals. Really? Never? Never Not been in a straight once. play. Wow. Okay. So, um, so that was my introduction to theater, was being in a show at the age of 19. Um, and absolutely loved it. Um, everything about it. Well, I mean, it's West Side Story. Well, that. yeah, and West Side no, Story is I not... I hate West Side Story. Yeah, no, I agree. It's not the greatest. Well, it's 
But it was okay. I it's am, a classic, but it's not good. It was the camaraderie. It was being on the stage. It was performing in front of an audience. It was creating character. All those things that you do with every show mm-hmm. that like hooked me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it turned into 15 years at Disney. Wow. Um, We're talking about the Disney parks. Yes. Walt Disney World, to be specific. Because um, it's the best one. It's the biggest, for it's sure. the one I haven't been to. The best. It's the one you haven't been to? What? No, we went to Disneyland for Tim. our honeymoon. I do, I do love I Disneyland. I do love Disneyland. I've been to both. I do love Disneyland. I'm it's biased. very different. It's a different aesthetic, I've actually sure. never been to Disneyland, so I guess I don't um, know. It's it much fun. smaller. So here's a fun fact about Disney that not everyone knows. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everything in California, all of the Disney stuff, property-wise would fit into the parking lot of the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. That does not surprise me in the slightest. That's how big the parking lot is wow. at yeah, Magic Kingdom. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, so wow. anyway. Okay. So 15 years at Disney um, mm. turned into... Um, I married a girl that was uh, wanted to be in musical theater as a career. She mm. got cast in a movie, fell in love with film, and now that is her goal. Awesome. We ended up being married and then got divorced. And so I moved back to Texas. We were living in L.A. at the time. Uh, You're getting Reader's Digest version. Um, So I moved back to Conroe, and my therapist had told me I should volunteer. And so I said, let me call the local community theater and see if they need some help. And so I just sent Stage Right an email, and they immediately emailed me back and said, hey, we're in the middle of a production, and I have done, I don't know, eight to ten shows in the Conroe area yeah. ever since then at both uh, with both Stage Right and the Players Theater Company and truly at my age have really found the thing that I want to do with the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, if I could get away from the daily job of having to do the nine to five to get bills paid, mm-hmm. um, I would definitely in a heartbeat be the starving artist and yeah. chase that dream for sure. Um, I am happiest when I'm on the stage yeah. doing entertainment, entertaining others, singing, acting, whatever it is. Um, but theater is, is it for me. It's therapeutic. It's, I don't know, it's everything. There's, I can't imagine my life without it even though it stresses me out because I have to work all day and then rehearse all night and I'm yeah. exhausted. Right. You, and, and we all understand that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I can't not do it. Yeah. Even though I have friends that aren't in theater and they're like, we miss you. It sucks that you're doing theater and you can't hang out with us. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. I have to do it. Yeah. I, I have to. Not because I'm trying to fulfill something for someone else. It, internally, I have to. Yeah. I have to do it. And that's what Sam is right now. Like... Mm-hmm. The whole divorce thing and all of that connects with me this immensely. Sam Carmichael, your yeah, Sam Carmichael. Mom, yeah. It's so therapeutic for me. Like the line that I deliver to you, I remember begging my wife. I've done that twice, like literally begged. So I know what he's saying. Yeah, I know exactly what he felt in that moment, and that's why I think even though knowing me, knowing you doesn't fit, like it means something to me. So I'm sure. going to make it fit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so that's theater. I have to do it. And so that's my journey. Like, I've never taken a theater class. I've learned everything by doing. Yeah. 
um, watching others, watching other directors, watching other actors. I try to pick up tidbits, you know. Um, I learned what stage right and stage left is by doing it, not by learning it. So, you know, it's just, you know, working at Disney taught me a lot about being on the stage and then in building character and understanding who a character is. But then, like, actually applying that and doing it and being terrible at it the first time I did it. Yeah. And then growing to the point where I feel like now, okay, I'm not, I'm not terrible at this. I can actually do it. So, I don't know. It's my favorite thing in the world. Yay. Yay. <laughs> That's why I do it constantly and annoy everyone with it. <laughs> and uh, sing show tunes to my kids. And they're like, what annoying. is this crap that you're singing? And I'm like... <laughs> You will either love it or hate it. I don't care, but just shut up. Let me sing. <laughs> just or, you know, listen. You'll either love it or hate it, but shut up. You need to learn about it. Yes. I'm going to sing to you regardless. Yeah. yeah. No matter what. Respect the classics, yo. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Kinsey. Oh, this is our this is our origin story, right? Yeah, yeah, That's, yeah. Okay. Why theater and how did you start? I don't think I had a choice as far as performing goes. Theater, that's a little different. But um, I frequently tell people that I was singing in utero. So, like, there wasn't... I didn't have a choice. My mom is a musician. Yeah. A working musician in Houston. Um, I sing with her band sometimes. It's a good time. Yeah. We hardly ever get to sing together anymore because usually what happens is she's at a gig and so then I have to take lead singer at a different gig. But technically it's the same band. But uh, I miss singing with her a lot. Um, but yeah, as far as the singing part of performing is what, like, it's like a duck to water for me. So, like, mm-hmm. that's where I got into everything else. Um, when I was, gosh, I want to say roughly eight or nine, um, there was this wonderful human being. Her name was Tracy Donovan, who um, started an acting class at, I think it was our church at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't tell you what it was called. I really don't remember, but she started teaching me and my sister. So Kiara, who was, if I was nine, then she was way younger than that. Um, I can't do math. Four or five. So she was four or five. I was nine and she started teaching us like acting. Mm -hmm. Um, specifically we went into acting for film. So when I was a little bit older, not much older though, like she taught us for maybe a year or two and then we went to Los Angeles. Wow. So we went to Los Angeles for pilot season, um, which happens in the spring through the summer, in case you don't know, Um, starting around like mid-April, but mostly like the the height of everything is in May. Um, And funny enough, like we took more acting classes while we were there. And then um, I actually got cast in something. So here's where things got kind of weird. Um, I got an agent within like a couple weeks. And then I auditioned for, okay, do you guys know this show, Sex in the City? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they were trying to get a pilot out for a show they were calling Six in the City, which was basically all the Sex in the City characters, but as children. So I got cast as the lead in Six in the City, and my mom took home the script and read it and was like, no, this is too much. I'm not going to let you do this at this age. And I, of course, at the, you know, at 10 or 11 was furious because I was like, this is, you know, like the greatest thing. I've got cast in something which I never thought would happen. Why wouldn't you let me do this? 
as an adult, I totally get it. Like, yeah. it's like, okay, like, Sex and the City, and then, so apparently they went a little too far with Sex and the City, because I haven't heard of it since, uh, so apparently yeah. the pilot didn't go anywhere. Okay. I like to think it's because they didn't have me, okay. but... <laughs> Okay. I'll agree with that. I'm going to back up a, yeah, a back little up. bit. Yeah, back up. Go ahead. Um, was this for HBO? Was this I like honestly, a, a an actual spinoff of Sex and the City? I have no idea. It was meant to be a literal spinoff. They used all the same character names. So you and were Carrie. Else. I was Carrie. Okay. Yes. We actually <laughs> kept the script that I got for the audition. I would love to see that. If I know, right? I I would have to find it, but we used it in our in our classes later. Yeah. So after. There was a whole mess between my parents because my parents are divorced, yeah. but like my mom wanted to move to LA mm -hmm. and my dad didn't want us to do it. So we came home. I lost my agent because we came home right. and then, you know, life happened for the next several years. Um, my, uh, Tracy convinced me that I should look into stage. She was like, I want you to audition for HSPVA, HSPVA mm -hmm. the high school, the performing and visual arts. And nice. I was like, yeah, but like they don't do film there, right? And she's like, no, they don't. But you'll still, like, if you get into the, she's like, you're a really brilliant singer. So like if you get into the program, you'll be able to do musicals and stuff. And I was like, okay. So I auditioned and I got in and then, um, from that point on was uh, my learning curve as far as like stage and film have like a through line, but they're very different. Yeah. Also, musicals are not what you think they are. So like, for example, <laughs> um, when we auditioned, so you got in and then you had a separate audition for the musical theater program mm -hmm. once you were in the school. My, the only musical and also like still this musical holds a place deep in my heart. Forgive me humans that listen to this podcast, but Cats is probably, I know. Go ahead and Look, laugh. Very well, polarizing. Cats, I'm just cats saying. is so one of those polarizing. things that either you love or you, yeah. you hate. I love it desperately. It, it's fine. <laughs> and I'm so excited for the new movie. I cannot yeah. tell you how excited I am because Cats was the first musical I ever fell in love with. Sure. So... When I went into this musical theater audition, I, they wanted us to bring sheet music. I brought memory from Cats. Yeah. I didn't know that was like a taboo thing. I didn't know it was a bad thing to do. I just knew I could sing it. Right. And I knew that I had sheet music for it. The sheet music was in the wrong key. Oh, like, wow. I sang the song in the original key because I can't read music. Yeah. And, like, stuff went sideways from there. I hated theater for, like, a year. And then over my four years at PVA, I, like, grew to love it. Uh -huh. So, and then I did straight shows, like just not musical theater shows. I remember um, my senior year, it was really surprising. My main show for the year was uh, as Mrs. Savage in The Curious Savage, which wasn't the musical theater show. Yeah. And it was always really surprising to people when I wasn't in a show involving singing because it's like my strong suit. Yeah. Um, but I, that was a great show. Like I was meant to be playing a woman in like her 70s or 80s. But we played her young. Yeah. And like I had to like I had to have blue hair for the show oh, and wow. I carried around this giant teddy bear. It's a really fun show. Like for anyone who reads plays out there, The Curious Savage is a good time. Yeah, I have not seen that one. It's a good one. It was a lot of fun. Um, where was I at? Yeah. I was at PVA, you were right? At PVA still. Okay. Yeah. So PVA was a grand old time. And then by the time I got through with my whole stage experience, I was like, well, you know, I started in film. I would really like to know what that's like as an adult. Yeah. Um, so I went to, so for college, 
I went to the New York Conservatory for the Dramatic Arts, which is a film school that um, more recently, actually in the time I was there, um, developed a theater year that I didn't do because I was like, well, I've just spent four years doing this. I want to focus on the film. Yeah. Um, but going back into film after having done stage for so long was so hard. It was the weirdest thing because I thought that it would be really easy because it's what I had done before. Right. But it turned out that like the thing about stage is that it's you really can't you can, but it's really hard to go too far. Like you can just go. And if you commit to it, people believe it like they whereas in film, things are a lot more subtle. So like if you go too far with something, it's people don't necessarily believe you yeah. because it feels forced over film because mm -hmm. the camera picks up so many small nuances so then I had the same trans. So like the transition I had going into stage, I had the transition going back into film. Um, and then I, uh, New York was too cold. I don't like winter. Oh. <laughs> okay. um, so I came back here and I don't, I haven't done a film project in a long time. So yeah. I went back to the stage and here we are. And we're glad you're here. Oh, thanks. You touched oh, on, um, you touched on, uh, you're kind of coming, your family being part of like this, your musical background. Yes. <laughs> I can't speak today. Tell me a little bit more about that. Like, you know, what is your typical schedule like? What is, um, with, what's fulfilling with all for of you? us? Yeah. What's, yeah. What's fulfilling for you as a musician? As a musician? Also, mm -hmm. Um, honestly, so, um, the bands that I sing with are all variety bands. Okay. So that means that we do music that people know. And we do all kinds of music. So if someone comes up and they're like, you've been playing a lot of pop, could you play something country? I'm like, yeah, and I do something country mm. or vice versa or whatever. And I like being able to just be whatever people want or need me to be at any given time. That's cool. So like I can whip out Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper and then I can turn around and sing um, Jolene by Dolly Parton. Yeah. Um, but what's really fulfilling to me, what I don't get a lot anymore, um, is being able to sing with my mom and sister. Yeah. So when we were all here and all together, uh, we would do a lot of songs in three-part harmony. So harmonies um, are really what I miss. So yeah. my sister doesn't really have an ear for it, and so she took melody a lot. Yeah. And so then my mom would take usually a lower harmony and then I would take a higher harmony because those are the ones that I hear best. Yeah. Um, because my mom can pull harmonies anywhere out of any song like magic. I don't know how she does it. I don't know if it's experience or if it's just like a gift she has. It's probably a combination of the two. I can do it a little bit, yeah. but um, what I it's the one thing that I really miss. Like being able to sing with both her and my sister together in three-part harmony. There's something about three-part harmony that I really mm -hmm. adore. Yeah. Like, um, for example, um, in Little Shop, there's the three characters that are almost always in three-part harmony. I forget. Do they have yeah, the, distinct names? I don't know that they do. I'm okay. sure they do, but probably I don't, I don't know what they are. But I love those characters. And then in Hades Town, the Fates are yeah. all in three part harmony, kind of like the way that um, Little Shop is. And yeah. there's something about that that like being completely different and being in like making this beautiful thing out of three different things that I really enjoy and definitely miss. And I have mad respect for your mom. I, she's legit. Way. Yeah. I begged her to be in the show with us. 
I really did. Yeah. But it's just so cool. far. Right. Bill, um, despite not having been in a theater program yourself, you Which are... Which shocks me. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. are a theater educator. You, yeah. yeah. So yeah. tell I me about that. I teach kids how to do theater, even though I never have been taught. Uh, no, I tell them on the very first day of school, I'm like, look, I was an athlete in school. Mm-hmm. I played sports. Um, then I sang choir. I didn't do theater until I got in college. So everything that you're going to learn from me, I've done... I've learned by experiencing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've made all of the mistakes. I still make them. And that's the best way to learn. So I start with, you can't do theater unless you're unafraid to fail. Yeah. You have to fail. You have to be willing to try something and know that it could fail. Yeah. At any moment. And so, um, so yeah, I teach seventh and eighth graders. <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> That is quite an age. All, all, <laughs> all alcohol and prayers accepted. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Um, so, yeah, no, they're great kids. I've only been teaching theater for two years now. Okay. Um, I've been a school teacher for four. But, yeah, as soon as I became a teacher and was teaching social studies, I said, this sucks. I can't do this. I said, I've got to teach the kids how to do theater because that's way more fun for me. Um, but yeah, so just like breaking it down and trying to show some sort of love and emotion for something outside of myself Mm -hmm. and hopefully those kids grasp onto that. Um, and to watch kids grow, um, I had a, a sweet young girl, um, who's now a freshman at Oak Ridge high school and she was the sweetest thing at the beginning of the year, she sang for me. Uh, she sang, I dream a dream from Les Mis Mm. and she was, she was good. She sang it well. And then like she, she got finished singing. She sat to the side and I just kept thinking about her and thinking about her and other kids were singing. And I pulled her to the side and I said, Hey, try this, try this, try this. Can you sing it again? Yeah. And so she went up in front of the class and sang it again and she applied every note. Nice. And to watch, to even think that I would have had any kind of hand in helping her grow as a performer. And then she sang it at the end of the year at our, we did like a Broadway review at the end of the year and she sang it again and had grown even more That's cool. by the end of the year. Just it's to see kids that love, that fall in love with theater the same way I love it. Um, to have kids walk into class on the first day of seventh graders and tell me, I'm not getting up in front of the class. I'm not doing any of this. <laughs> and then end up being the best actor in the class. Yeah. And then me keeping them. And at the end of the year, because my classes are either a semester or a year. And so she was in a semester class and I kept her for the whole year. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the year, she walked up to me as a 13-year-old girl. And she says to me, I now know what I want to do with the rest of my life. Mm. So that makes it more than worth anything that I could do. And so even though I would, I would prefer to just act for the rest of my life, yeah. <laughs> having those small moments makes everything okay. Nice. You know? And so I love those kids so much, and I watch and I grow and learn from them every day to see the, the weird and crazy choices that they make for their characters. And then to help them understand that, Quit trying to be so stereotypical or 
quit trying to do the thing that you think this character would do and just do yeah. what this character would do. Um, and watch them go, oh, okay, and now I get it. Um, so yeah, I've never had a class, but I, I, you know, I'm figuring it out. And yeah. I'm, I'm figuring out how to push them in the, the right direction. And I'm constantly like, hey, I did this in rehearsal tonight. Or uh, last night I had rehearsal and I talked to them about Carrie and I kissing. Yeah. And how we're, Carrie and I are doing a stage kiss. We're not actually kissing. And I talked to them about... Um, the you are? F- yeah, it's a stage kiss. We're oh. not actually kissing. So we're when hitting... that happen? Yeah, we're, che- we're cheeking Is that in I do, I do, I do? That's, yes. Yeah. At the okay. End. Yeah. When, That's when why I haven't seen yeah, it. I'm like, wait, her. what? Yeah. Um, so, um, and we talked about uh, the five pillars of intimacy a little bit. And I, I, I like approached Carrie with it. So as a teacher, I was like, hey, Carrie, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, so... <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of fell into this teaching thing and I knew it had to be theater. It had to be. Yeah. Because I, and, and when I took the test to be a theater teacher, because you have to take a test, okay. it's like 150 questions. Oh, wow. Um, I passed every section except for the theater history because yeah. I had oh, never yeah. taken a theater history class. And so I missed passing the entire test the first time by like four points because of the history. So I bought a theater history book and read it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, passed the test the second time I took it. But yeah. I knew everything else. I just didn't know theater history, which I still really don't know very well. But I could teach you how to act. Yeah. I could teach you what's going to work on the stage because I've done it wrong and I've done it right. <laughs> and so I know. And so helping them see that. And then again, like I said earlier about watching other actors and watching directors, I absorb that stuff and then I dump it like vomit on the kids. I just like, I learned this this summer when I did Tuck Everlasting. And they're like, what? (laughs) Hang on, time out. You're saying too much. (laughs) So it's, I get excited. And, um, but yeah, teaching, teaching kids to love theater is a big deal to me. It's, it's huge. Do you have favorite roles that you've done already? Um, oh my gosh. There's two that really stick out. A third one that is near and dear to my heart. Being in Tuck Everlasting, which was my first, I guess, official professional musical theater mm-hmm. production in, in Houston. Um, and being Constable Joe, I really didn't, when they called me back for Tuck, they didn't tell me what I was called back for. I showed up and they hand me the sides and they're like, oh, we want you to read for Constable Joe. And my brain, I, I kind of went, oh. Mm-hmm. And my brain was like, really? Constable Joe? And then I read it and then they called me and said, hey, we'd love to cast you as Constable Joe. And then when I like dug in yeah. to the character, ended up being one of the most fun experiences I've ever had mm-hmm. in theater. Um, and then, of course, I played Frankenfurter in Rocky Horror. Yes! Which was good. I saw that. And I was loved, fantastic. loved, loved being him. He, I, I was so nervous because a British friend of mine yeah. came to see the show. Uh, and I was so nervous uh, because, you know, that's a British show. Right. British playwright, British actors originated all those roles. Mm. And Tim Curry is yeah. perfect. He is. As Frankenfurter. And so I wanted to give a little homage to him in mm-hmm. my character. Yeah. So a little bit of my accent was his. Um, some of the scene work was a little bit his. But then it layered on some of the things I thought were great about Frank. 
And to hear him say after the show, you were brilliant. I love the little bit of Tim Curry that you put in there. And I didn't even ask him that. He just threw that out there. And I was like, yeah. oh. I, then I did it right. If a British person is telling me just enough Tim Curry, then I, I feel like I did it right. Um, and then, of course, I played the monster in Young Frankenstein, which gets all the laughs because, right. you know, yeah. putting on your rants was yeah. so much fun to say. <laughs> um, so those three roles at this point are yeah. like some, some, some fun stuff. Well, I'm glad I saw two out of three of those then well yes <laughs> yay tim saw me yeah no the um um your uh frankenfurter was brilliant thank you i thought and i remember telling you at the time yes and i did know i did notice the 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 callbacks to tim curry but i mean you did take that role and make it your own and and that was it was it was really, really entertaining i, I really want that. another opportunity to do it again yeah we, I, I got my fingers crossed you'd one be good. day uh, Kinsey, favorite roles? Favorite roles? That you've done so far? That I've done so far. Yeah. Um. Well, I really did love being in Chicago at the Owen. That yeah. was my last show at the Owen. Um, I was Liz, which is one of the murderesses. Mm -hmm. And that was one of those... Okay, so when I first went to LA when I was small, yeah. the movie had just come out. Okay. And so... Um, Tracy Donovan, her mom, who was with us while we were in L.A., took me and my sister to go see the movie, which might have been, like, a little more than maybe we should have seen at that age, but we absolutely adored it. It's culture. And, it's okay. um, and uh, he, you know, he had it coming. Yeah. We were both small. Right. So we'd go out onto the balcony of the place we were staying at, and we'd grab hold of the bars, and we would perform it for anybody who passed by. Um, so, <laughs> yes. So... <laughs> I love that. That's so, so awesome. Yeah. Being in Chicago and being one of the murderesses was yeah. huge for me. Um, when, uh, when I was in, let's see, when I was in high school, yeah. um, I had, so I've had a show, I've been in once on this island twice, um, mm. once in middle school and once in high school. And I played Osaka both times, which for me was really important because as a uh, as a white individual, that's not a role that I would normally get to play. Sure. Because of the whole the whole context of the show, I don't know how much you know about Once on This Island. That eh, it's fine. Not the much, point is, is that so yeah. Asaka is a, is a goddess of the earth. Yeah. And like she's very like as far as like female empowerment and like mm. playing a character that is. I don't know. I just feel like that was one of my favorite shows to be in. It was a lot of fun being a god and like messing with these, with the mortal lives, but also like she's one of, of the four gods. She's one of the ones that's trying to help the, um, the protagonist. Okay. And like at the end spins the tragic story in kind of a, an interesting light because of her being, I wouldn't want to spoil it if you haven't seen yeah. it. But um, it's a really beautiful show, and being Asaka twice was like, it was a pride moment for me. I was like, ha ha! That's cool. Whammy, I can do this show, and I can do it well. Do you have roles on your bucket list as an actor? I mean, yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> you want to go You'd be first? surprised who'd All be stumped by this thing. Really? Yeah, things. yeah. It's like, oh, I know I have them, but I don't know. Oh my gosh, I can think of so many. Yeah? Um, I want to be any character in Into the Woods. Okay. Uh, yeah. Literally any. I mean, the witch is kind of like the go-to, sure. but like I would be any character, male or female, in yep. this show. Like oh. I'd love to be one of the princes, even. Oh, they're hilarious. Yeah. The wolf. Agony. 
yeah. The wolf. Hey, hello, yeah. little oh, The baker. Awesome. Oh my god, so many things. In Baker's there. wife, Red Riding Hood. I would yes. be any character in Into the Woods. I agree with you. I love that. Stephen Sondheim. Uh-huh. Um, as far as musicals go, I'm not always the biggest fan of musicals, honestly. Uh-huh. I'm a terrible musical theater person because I don't keep track of them really. Me too. Like, I'm just, people will be like, oh yeah, such and such show that you should know. And I'm like, yeah, yeah that show don't. that I definitely, <laughs> I definitely know what you're talking about. Mm, um, smile and nod. Yep, pretty mm, much. Okay. Um, more recently, Town. Yeah. I can't. I cannot stop harping on Hades Town. People I'm keep a, talking to me about that. I'm a huge Greek mythology nerd. Okay. Like it's one of my favorite things. Um, this particular show. Um, so the artist that wrote most of the music, her name is Aeneas Mitchell, and she's an artist I discovered through the podcast Welcome to Night Vale like years ago. Uh-huh. And so I've been following her work for a while. Yeah. Um, Hades Town, the Broadway show, was based on an album that she created called Hades Town, where basically it's all that same music that she told the story of Orpheus. But what's interesting is um, they mirror the relationship between Orpheus and Eurydice to the relationship between Hades and Persephone. Okay. So I want to be Persephone in that show. Mm. Pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's like that's my newest like yeah. dream role is to be Persephone in Hades Town. Um, there are there are more. Do you want to cut in here? Oh, Bill? there's so many. <laughs> there's so many things I want to do in my life. So many. Um, gosh, uh, Seymour. Yeah. Oh yes. In yeah. Little Shop, yes, you and Little I are gonna Shop. have to fight over that. Way one. more than the dentist. Like I would play the dentist because it's an awesome part. But oh god, I want to be Seymour. Yeah. Yeah. We. Yeah. We're gonna hate each other for. Yeah. For, for a, a couple while. weeks. Yeah. yeah. And then you'll hate me when I get it. Um. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Possibly so. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I probably won't get it either. <laughs> I, so yeah. there's that. You know, um, Little Shop is a good. I'm just show. saying, whoever gets that role better bring their. A yeah, game. because the other person's gonna be like. So yeah, and so watching the show going, oh, it would have been so much better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, been there, done that. Yeah, yeah, it's so hard to not do it sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're um, just like, ooh. There's so, oh, what else? Um, Thenardier in Les Mis. Okay. And mm-hmm. Jean Valjean uh-huh. in Les Mis. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful characters, both of them. One more serious, one hilarious. The doctor, I can't even remember his character's name, but the doctor and the waitress is a great role. Mm-hmm. I would love to play Davy in Newsies. Um, would be so much fun to play. I would love to play that. Um, oh, gosh. I'm trying to think of anything. Of course, anything in Rocky Horror. Yeah. Riff, yes. Riff Raff. Yeah. I would play Frank again in a heartbeat. Right. Um, Brad. Okay. I would play Brad. I, anything in Rocky Horror, I would love to do. Um, yeah, I just want to be. What is the maid's name? I, I always forget. Um, uh, Magenta. Yes, I would love to be Magenta. Uh, anything. Rocky Horror. Anything. Awesome. I just want to be on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone cast me. <laughs> um, I just want to perform. I just. I might be. memorize my lines. We don't know, but I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna work real hard. <laughs> I'm gonna work real hard. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. Uh, but yes, yeah, uh, okay. that's that's a few. That's a handful there. Yeah. Ooh, but there's so many. Anybody in Cats bringing back Cats? Yeah. Grisabella, Jemima, uh-huh. Bumblearena, any of them? Rumple teaser. Rumple teaser. 
high. Okay. Uh, Michael in <laughs> Be More Chill. Okay. Have you heard this? I have not. Uh, uh, I know that Playhouse 1960 did so, it like, last month. Yeah, yeah, so I didn't even know or I would have went and auditioned. But uh, Michael in Be More Chill, mm. he's like, anyway, so he sings a song called Michael in the Bathroom. He's at a party and he's hiding in the bathroom because yeah. he just doesn't want to be around people. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's That song alone makes me want to play that character because it's just hilarious. That sounds yeah. great. So hilarious. Ooh, or Anything um, in Murder Ballad. Oh, yeah. Murder Anything Ballad is in really Murder cool. Ballad. Okay, I'm not familiar it's with It's a rock opera. It Listen to it. It's unbelievable. Ooh, speaking of rock operas, have you seen uh, or heard of the one that's the three chicks and it's the story of Lizzie Borden? No. Oh, it's so good. I don't know what it's called, but it's um, Lizzie Borden, her sister, and then her... Is it her lover? I don't remember exactly. Maybe it's a neighbor. Mm -hmm. But um, so the whole story of Lizzie Borden, you know, killing both of her parents is told through the three female. And it's a rock opera, Mm -hmm. a rock opera musical thing. Um, But it's super cool. I would love to be any of the characters in that. Or, um, gosh, I had it a second ago, and then I, Lizzie Borden popped into my head. And I, I said rock opera. And you like... said rock opera, and my brain was like, skirt! Uh, no, it was there. Okay, I guess just move on. <laughs> I can't remember. Fair enough. What's next for you after Mamma Mia closes? You, you want to go straight to me? Yeah, I'm looking at you. Yeah, I knew you were. That's... <laughs> Yeah, but nobody on I mean, the I podcast tell you. here are looking at me. Well, so. not I know. This is oh my god. This is not a visual medium, Tim. That's true. Um, um, but they might be able to see my glare through. Right, they can feel it they through can your voice. Feel it through my voice. Yeah. I mean, I'm going into the Texas Renaissance Festival season. Woohoo! Yeah, woo! Um, which I've been doing since 2008, so it's been a long time. Yeah. Um. Right now, I'm doing Alice, like Alice in Wonderland, which this will be my third season doing Alice, and she's... Your Alice is delightful. Thank you. Um, She's the most fun I've ever had out at the festival, ever. I've done a lot of fun characters. I was a Transylvanian princess, and a barbarian warrior, and and an elf, Um, but Alice is pretty much the greatest thing that's ever happened to me out at the festival. I've always been a really big Alice in Wonderland fan, Mm -hmm. not specifically of Alice as a character, but of like just the world, like the, the Wonderland, I guess, universe at this point, because like, there's so much, like the original story is one thing, which I've read a hundred times, but the worlds that people have created through that yeah. like through that story it's like the Lewis Carroll ex- exactly extended experience u- extended yes universe or whatever totally because yeah. I've read tons of spin-off stories um the looking glass wars is a great one if anyone is looking for um okay. a spin-off series to yeah. read um the um American McGee's Alice games are amazing it's a very dark scary Alice but she's a lot of fun it's the reason i wear an omega necklace when i'm playing the character because anyone who's played the game recognizes the necklace and they immediately know that if they bring it up i'm gonna know what they're talking about which is really exciting it's like a little easter egg for the character and then like silly things like i incorporate i like disney elements and then like um like i said the video game elements and then like stories i've read plus the actual text which Honestly, that's what throws people off the most. Yeah. Like, um, my favorite thing to do with people is make them dance with lobsters. 
<laughs> um, I have little toy lobsters That's that I cool. hand people, and I make them do the lobster quadrille, which is an actual dance in the original text yeah. um, that I memorized and put to my own. Uh, well, not exactly my own. So when the live-action movie came out um, in the album uh, yeah. for the movie there was a version of the lobster quadrille in the album. Okay. And so I took that, but it was way too low, and I bumped it up several octaves and made it way faster, so mm. that way when I'm making people dance, they struggle because it's, <laughs> it's more fun that way. If it's too slow, they get bored, right, but if they're yeah. kind of struggling, then they're having a good time. They're usually laughing. Right. That's cool. So, yeah. That's what's next for me for the next several months. Um and then various other gigs, like Mahoney's is a great place. Um, we do the King's Beer House a lot. That's in the Heights, if okay. anyone's interested. Oh, yeah, and you can follow um, that particular band on Instagram. That's at the Others Houston on the Insta. It's a good time. Whether I'm there or not, they're great. That's another shameless plug from me. You're welcome. <laughs> That's um, why we do this podcast. Right? Cool. <laughs> shameless plug. You haven't done any. I've done two. I need you to get on the shameless plug bandwagon, please. Play, hashtag players Mia. Oh, there you yeah, go. There you go. I feel like that doesn't count, though. <laughs> it doesn't. It, it's terrible. It's it for doesn't. the current show that we're in, so it works. It doesn't count, no. It's fine. Uh, next for me. Um, so I have a couple of uh, possible auditions coming up, hopefully. Um, so Art Factory Houston is doing the Rocky Horror Show. It'll be oh, the yeah. third year that they've done it. That's cool. So um, I've talked to the director, and I think they already have a Frank, but hopefully they'll call me back for anything. Um, and then um, they're doing The Wizard of Oz at the Art Factory in Houston. And they might be interested in me for a couple of roles, so hopefully I'll get called back and be able to read for that. And then, of course, Little Shop is on my radar, yeah. as we've already had the argument. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that'll be in December, auditions for that. So hopefully um, something will happen with those three things. And then, of course, my kids at school. Um, our first show is in a month. I haven't even cast yet. <laughs> I haven't even had auditions yet. Okay. But they're junior high kids. Okay. They'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, our first show is called 10 Ways to Survive a Zombie Apocalypse. Oh, that's cool. Ooh. So it's like these uh, scenarios that zombies attack these people over and over again, but the scenario is slightly different. Mm -hmm. And so how to survive the different scenarios. That's cool. And there's narrators, and it's supposed to be really funny. Um, and then we're doing a show in November for our uh, one-act play festival called Orphan Trains which is based off the letters that were written about the orphans from the late 1800s that were all over the Northeast and got shipped out and sent to the West to live on farms and help families with farms. So like something like 72,000 kids just from New York City wow. Wow. were taken from their, what they were, thought was normal life and uh. shipped out. Um, some good, some bad. Some yeah. ended up in homes that were amazing, and some ended up in homes that's just like slave work, basically. Yeah. So we're doing a play on that, um, and then a fun little Christmas show that we'll do in December. And then, God help me, I'm going to try to get them to do Shakespeare. 
Yes, we're, do it. We're going to do Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, and that's like one of the best yeah, ones to is. do. It is. The first one I for them. I love for Midsummer. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny. Oh, for everybody. It's funny Thanks. and it's fun. So. I love Midsummer. I love Midsummer too. So, um, it holds a I've, special I've, place I've, in my heart for obvious so reasons. Good. Mine also. Um, <laughs> when we were in that production. But um, it just, you know, I've, I've judged. I haven't judged. I was I've seen so many high school productions of that because yeah. uh, when I do theater days at um, Texas Renaissance. Oh, the school, school days, yeah. Yeah, school days, yeah. During the theater portion of it, I I am very fortunate to sit in uh, at the Globe Theater mm-hmm. and watch the high school one acts. And last year we only had one production of Midsummer, and really? that was a very unusual year. Yeah, yeah that's usually weird. that's. Usually it's, it's the four one. or five, yeah. And normally, when they when you cut it down to one act, uh, like thirty minutes or forty five minutes or whatever, usually you will lose either the fairies or the lovers, or you'll lose the mechanicals. Usually it's mm-hmm. the mechanicals I was that cut say, out. That would make the um, most sense. But you you lose one of those Part three of groups, and it's so rare to see a one act play cutting of that show that's mm-hmm. got all three of those elements in it so just fyi yeah um it'll be fun with these 14 year olds <laughs> well to be fair i'm so excited actually aaron directed um a like middle school high school production of midsummer just yeah. recently okay. at um gosh i can't remember the name now but it's a little theater it's a theater program in Tomball mm-hmm. called, oh, I don't know, I want to be able to say, because they did really good. I went to go see it. Yeah. He you know, was like, it, you know, it's not going to be great. And I was like, I want to come see it because you directed it. But um, it actually wasn't nearly as bad as I was expecting. That's a terrible thing to say. But no. I was really impressed with like... Kids what, doing Shakespeare. Yeah. I mean, you, it's no hard. No matter what happens, it, you got to... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I respect like, them. They totally. did it at the Crichton this summer with yeah. the, with the kids, and it wasn't bad. I went and yeah. saw it, and I was like, okay, and I can hear just, them. Yeah. They're saying, they're the, saying words, the words, and they're showing the right emotion. Exactly, and they like, understand what they're saying. Yeah. That's really exciting. Totally, because yeah. Shakespeare's hard for like a lot of full grown adult actors. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I would, I would I argue Shakespeare, though. Agatha Christie's harder, but <laughs> that's also fair. Yeah, that's yeah. a totally fair but, argument. Um, it's, All the words. It's it's mm-hmm. still you know, and Midsummer's magical. I it mean, really it is. is. If you're gonna introduce a kid, it's to a Shakespeare, fun one to do mm-hmm. first. Yes. Yeah. So. As long as it's not Romeo and Juliet, it's Ugh. a gateway. Yeah. yeah, Midsummer's a gateway drug to Shakespeare for yes. sure. Yes. Yeah. Think. Yeah. Romeo yeah. and Juliet's a good way to make someone never want to read Shakespeare ever again. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Don't do it. I don't recognize do it. that this may do, be an unpopular Do Much Ado About Nothing if you're going to do a, a great love show. story. Yeah. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, much ado is fantastic. The problem is, is that people don't realize that Romeo and Juliet is satire, and they treat it like it's legit. It's yeah. like, no, the whole point is that Romeo and Juliet are ridiculous for falling in love with each other that fast, and then like, you know, dying. Like <laughs> it's absurd. Mercutio is the yeah. only character with any sense, and, and, and then he dies, and everything goes to them. crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything goes sideways. Yeah. Yep. That's <sighs> and there we go. That's my rant about Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I knew we were going to get there. I just didn't know when. I hate Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) Oh, man. And on that note. uh, That's why you don't like West Side Story. It's the same thing. It is exactly why I don't like West Side Story. I like West Side Story more 
now that they've um because not everyone dies well no not <laughs> just that it's now that they've taken um the the songs that really should have been in spanish in the first place okay like when they when i see a production where they've done the new songs in spanish like for example when maria and anita are having their song together yeah like they're puerto rican like they're right. what they would how they would talk to each other at home would be in spanish sure yeah like there's no reason that that song shouldn't have been in spanish they're new in the first to place. america they're yeah. not constantly talking exactly. in English. Well, like, and for example, <laughs> like with my younger siblings, like when they're at home, they speak Spanish. Yeah. They speak English at school because they have to. Yeah. But like, that's, that's the way that the family at home dynamic works. I like West Side Story a lot more for that reason, not because of the story, but because I felt like when they revamped it and put those songs in Spanish, it was important. It was impactful. That is cool. Yeah. And I was not aware of that, actually. You didn't, really. No, you should I didn't listen. Know. Yeah. I don't remember when they did it. It was a while back. Mm -hmm. But you should go and look up those songs in Spanish. It's really beautiful. That's cool. Was not aware. Yes. Okay. Good thing. Well, with that, um, I'm just going to wrap this up and sure. say Kinsey Britton plays Sophie Sheridan and Bill Schaefer plays her potential father, Sam Carmichael. In the Players Theater Company production of Mamma Mia, which runs weekends September 6th through the 22nd. Tickets are on sale at owentheater.com. That's O W E N T H E A R. Sorry, A T R E. Oh my god, I can't spell. This is sad. You could always start over. I could we can start edit over. that out. We can edit, edit that, out, that out, Rodney. I will do that. Yeah, okay. Tickets are on sale at owentheater.com. That's O W E N T H E. A-T-R-E.com and get your tickets quickly because this brilliant show only runs three weekends and features Kinsey in a shimmery miniskirt and Bill and me in tight metallic pants. We're so sexy. I know, right? <laughs> You've been listening to Strutting and Fretting Conversations with Actors and Performing Artists from Houston and Beyond. Our theme music is by Ben Miller. Speaking to you from Studio E42, I am your host, Timothy Eggert. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the cheap seats. Bye. How did this happen? You have to believe me, Beast would never do anything to endanger Fable Town. I think this situation requires certain skill sets, Miss White. I guess it takes a wolf to track a wolf. We may have a problem. Protecting Fable Town was my job. I failed them. There are things that happened in the homelands. Things that nobody knows about. Whatever's happened is bad. But right now, Fable Town could use a little bad of their own. Welcome to Fable Town. For more information, go to fabletownseries.com.